My name is Mary Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here, we explore embodiment as interstellar beings, practicing how to live more fully as creatures of both the stars and the earth. These spiritually and artfully minded conversations intersect astrology, creative practices, intuition, magic, healing, poetry, and a deep love for the natural world. My hope is to enliven you so we can co-create possible regenerative futures, to encourage you so together we can become dynamic agents of beauty, fully awake with our power intact. Let us be intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life, and let's make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Welcome. We're moving into the second half of February's astrology in this episode, and that's going to bring you through the full moon in Leo and also the sun moving into Pisces with Jupiter. So like I mentioned in the previous forecast episode, this is not like a jam-packed month with, you know, full of full-on astro-dense weather, which is sort of what we've become accustomed to or what I've become accustomed to. And I was aware, I was like, wow, this month feels like a lighter lift um, on preparing for the forecast. And as I was noticing that it felt like a lighter lift, it was like, wow, it's because all the other ones have felt so heavy. So this episode in this month, you know, although they're short, they're providing us with some spaciousness as we move through our actions without having to really be... um, in the midst of the super intense monolithic astrology at this time. In the meantime, we'll be talking a lot about water and water medicine, the element, um, the archetypes of water, some of the mythopoetics of water, and what it has to offer the structures of our lives. And we'll be doing that on the podcast over the next few weeks, um, starting at the end of February. So be sure to tune in and follow us through that journey, um, which will start um, in the next forecast episode in two weeks from now. But in the meantime, to sort of help gear you up for that and be some sort of prep or contemplation, um, we've made a free quiz for you all. So you can take the water medicine quiz to assess where you are in relation to this water right now and what archetype of medicine could be useful to bring into your world. So you can find the link for that below. Take it, share it, enjoy it, and definitely let us know how it turns out for you. So from there, let's move into some astro. So on Wednesday, February 16th, we have the full moon in Leo. Um, We also have Mars conjoining Venus, at least the first time of a few. And let's start with the full moon in Leo. And I think the paradox of the full moon in Leo is that the moon is really in this, is full and bright and shining in the sign of the sun, the heart, the royal lion inside us all. But at the same time, the sun is shining more meekly over in the sign of Aquarius, more in the sign of everyone. It's like those phrases that oppose one another, but are also both true in some way, right? That phrase, like, if everyone is special, no one is special. But also everyone is special, right? So there, the moon has really got this motivation really to like embody the praise, the attention, the affection, the specialness, the individualness. Um, 
And the sun in Aquarius is again is in detriment. It's in a sign that's not really supporting that individualness. And so there may be attempts to tamper that down, um, to quiet it down, to detract from the specialness or from the uniqueness or from the needs of the individual and to prioritize the needs of the collective and to normalize that. Um, Another thing that I was thinking about with this full moon, if, if you've ever seen the movie Little Miss Sunshine, which is a favorite of mine, I haven't seen it in years, but as it was coming up for this moon, I was like, I definitely am going to watch it this week, probably. But essentially, I'm not going to give it away, but this family, this funny family full of like quirk, like, I don't like the word quirky, but like interesting problems that are all very important to them and just kind of don't mesh well <laughs> as you becomes clear in the beginning. They all have idiosyncrasies and issues. All They all end up in this van driving Olive, the nine-year-old girl, to California to be in this beauty competition. And Olive is endearing and smart and funny and adorable and just so nine years old in all the ways. And while the whole movie, in a sense, is about getting her to this place, to this beauty competition, where she's ultimately not going to fit in, thank God. Um, but uh, it's really about how everyone steps in and overcomes these insane hilarities and obstacles to help her feel amazing and successful and not rejected in this place. So it's about her and her specialness and amazingness and how she really just shows up for this thing. But it also is really just a her is what gets everybody moving out of the old place they were in and how they were in relationship to one another and moves them into the new place. Like Olive is totally confident, excited to do her very inappropriate, but unique dance at the beauty competition. You know, that is not the problem, right? You know, but she's meeting up against this institution, this everyone else, like all the little Barbie wannabes and all the hairspray, you know, and she's the people, her family show up to help her realize that she is not a problem because she doesn't fit in in this place. So if the institution is making you feel like a problem or like your uniqueness is not enough or the right color or the right hairspray or the right tone or the right rhythm, you know, bring the people around you who can be on that stage with you doing the inappropriate, but unique dance and really helping you like just like not feel rejected, right? Whether or not we feel rejected or whether or not we belong depends on who we're with, right? It is you and it's about you, but it's also about who is with you. And it's an amazing movie. I can't go into all of the nooks and crannies that make it hilarious and bittersweet. Um, the blend of which feels very apt for this full moon. You know, it still has those Saturn overtones running through it. Um, like I said in the previous forecast episode, the laugh cry is sort of a specialty of mine <laughs> when my system gets kind of overwhelmed or some wires of feelings get crossed. Um, and intensity. In this movie, um, the story, this full moon, it may have a bit of that laugh cry to it, right? Um, that is definitely in the mix with some, some tensions pulling one way and then another way between, um, the you, the specialness, the uniqueness, the beauty, the contribution, the regal value, and the collective, who you're with, who you're around, the institution, and maybe some tensions that are happening between those things. But again, 
Make it the party with who you're with. Also on this day, Mars and Venus will come together in Capricorn, uh, which is sort of a racy union. And this is the first of a few conjunctions between Mars and Venus that will happen over a relatively short period of time. So it'll be coming up a lot over the next few episodes. And, you know, they're kind of kind of move apart and come back together and apart and back together. And Venus and Mars, they, they pull on the same thread, but they're at opposite ends of it, I like to think. So it's a bit like a loaded spring or a coil between them. It has a tension to it. And when they get close together, there's more tension. And even when they're apart, there's still tension. It's just not like launching anything. So there may be some tense in a good way or a fraught way. There will be passions. There will be feelings. And, you know, passion and tension can bring things that are very sexy. It can also bring things that are frustrating and won't like calm down or die down enough to come to an actual solution if there's a problem. Either way, there will be loaded springs, right? Venus is going back over this turf that she retrograded through, but now with this like partner dynamic and interplay, a torch, some of you know, it's like coming up out of this holy underground, a little stripped, a little weary from the retrograde experience. And someone's like, don't you want to take your clothes off? And she's like, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I also want to nap. And like, I have to knock this shit off my to-do list. She's in Capricorn, right? She's got shit to do. And we can all see how that could, that scenario could be interesting. And it could also go lots of different ways. So Mars and Venus will both take turns also conjoining Vesta towards the end of the month as they make their way out of Capricorn. And which to me also brings up this question of like, you know, what of the passion is holy? You know, in what room is the fire of devotion burning and who's tending that fire? Who's keeping it going? What is the fire being offered in exchange for its life force and its sacred burn? What about this fire is sacred to you? And to keep the flame alive, what needs to be tossed in to the fire? And what is needed to maintain the fire? You know, what of the fire is for me? What's not for sharing? It's just for me. And what is for sharing? And how do I do that in a way that fuels my life force, that fuels my offerings, that fuels my transformation, our transformation? Fire is a powerful transformative element, and so is desire. And, you know, we burn through boundaries and bridges when desire is involved. And it's a force to be honored and tended and reckoned with. We hear so much about, or at least I did, um, especially growing up, about like how we should fear desire and how it will lead us down paths where we lose control and we do things that we'll only regret later. You know, but what about when there's not enough desire? You know, if there's no fire in the kitchen, there's nothing to come home to. There's, I think there's an invitation in this vestal fire to come home to ourselves and to really build, tend, stoke, like fuel the fire that we need, which makes up the life force energy of our presence here on earth. It's not only okay to want things, to desire, it is necessary to be in conversation with desire, to wake up fully and be in this life all the way. So not that we always get everything that we desire, that's not really what it's for, um, but it's that desire leads us and it brings our heart online 
And at least in this neck of the woods, we're encouraging stoking the paths that bring our hearts online. So you don't turn off, right? It takes, it takes work to not turn off in this world, right? Uh, or maybe it's just me, right? Desire doesn't always just happen, right? Sometimes we have to choose it. We have to stoke it. We have to bring it online. We have to go find some wood. We got to chop some wood. We got to build a pit and rub some sticks together in order for the flames to be on, to be like, I'm alive, like to have that fire burning inside of us. And these dances of Mars and Venus with one another over the next few weeks, and also their unions with Vesta um, at the end of February, may be like trips to the sacred temple and connecting with the sacred goddess to remember the fire within you, to remember that there is a will for life and a desire for life inside of you, and to bring those things back onto the table. And not just any table, but one that you're invested in making beautiful, inviting, passioned while you're here to eat at it, right? The table of life. So, you know, so Venus, like make the food you want to eat, the garments um, that light the fire, the senses, the flowers, the beauty that lights you up, the marshal, the actions that light the fire, the decisions, the chopping of the wood that lights the fire, the permission for impulse and flow of fire and energy. And maybe these dances um, will help us bring more of that back into our bodies and into our lives as we move through um, and bring our hearts more on board and maybe put some of the feast back on the table if we've been taking it off of the table. On Friday, February 18th, the sun will enter Pisces and it really ushers us into the water world kingdom of Jupiter in Pisces, right? The sun brings light and is highlighting the crown connection and regality of Jupiter's, you know, mythopoetic graces here. And it's a complex moment for Jupiter because while getting the spotlight moment from the sun really showing up to their world, Jupiter will also become less bright for a time. When the sun gets close to a planet, the planet goes under the beams and it becomes invisible, sort of hidden behind the vitality and the brightness of the sun. So it won't necessarily be um, like Jupiter will still be there, right? It's still doing its things, but it may be less public. It may not be as high powered or on all the time. So it's giving Jupiter time to start a different story, to undergo a reset of some kind. And this happens in just a couple of days later on February 20th when Jupiter goes under the beams and then Jupiter will reemerge on March 18th, which will be more momentous and powerful. So it'll be about a month that Jupiter is really sort of backlit, so to speak. And while the sun is moving through Pisces, it's bringing more vitality and warmth to this area of our lives, which may be already feeling some of the the band-aid juice from Jupiter's presence. And the sun in Pisces is imaginative and big-hearted and compassionate and free, very spiritual. Um, I think I said mythopoetic earlier, and that feels, that's a very Piscean sentiment, um, you know, connective, emotional. I see it as sort of watering the gardens after so much of this like dry Saturn vibe. Um, and so many planets in Saturn, um, in Saturn ruled signs at the beginning of this year and then lunations happening. So it's like they could be feeding us and offering water to the wells here. 
sun and Jupiter just moving through, restoring the aquifers and getting some things a little more moisturized, a little more fluid, a little more restored, at least in this area. So again, we'll be talking a lot about water in the upcoming weeks, which is something I'm really excited to dive into with you all and explore in more depth. So the poems I have for you this week are Civitas by Mia Kong, and this is for Mars and Venus conjoining Vesta. Acts of love have material effects. For a woman tending the sacred fire, these include the risk of becoming an extinguisher of flames essential to civic life. It is a burden to put out what others hold as central to faith in coherence. Acts of faith have material effects. A vestal virgin touched by encounter must be buried alive, a beautiful metaphor for shame itself, which squirms even under all that dirt. Thus the dead learn too late that devotion should be unidirectional, a straight line from here to suffocation. Love must not bleed at the edges, must not meet others in the banal spaces of civic life. It is a burden to personify. If Vesta's hearth is the site of the sacred, its material effects are destruction, burning, consumption, constant hunger for more wood. Acts of destruction have phantasmatic effects. For a body surviving encounter, these include civic life, shame, the risk of being a proxy, tender of the hearth belonging to the public by way of the goddess who embodies a dream of faith and coherence. Material effects extinguish themselves, eventually, as when a woman, touched in the correct way, undoes the burden of love and puts out, taking the goddamn city in and under. And the next and last poem is very short, and this is for Jupiter and Pisces. Traveler, Your Footprints by Antonio Machado Traveler, your footprints are the only road, nothing else. Traveler, there is no road. You make your own path as you walk. As you walk, you make your own road, and when you look back, you see the path. You will never travel again. Traveler, there is no road, only a ship's wake on the sea. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and share the episode. Check out the links below to learn more about things we talked about and find free resources. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us inside of the Homebody Portal, a free online community where you can talk more about the episode, learn with us, and connect with others. Let us be in service to life with courage, creativity, and connection. Thank you for being here. Be well. Peace. Peace.